This podcast is sponsored by your friends at G Adventures. G Adventures has been providing life-changing small group adventures to travellers for almost 30 years. But it's not just your life that's changed. It's the lives of all the people in the places we visit. To ensure we're protecting children around the world when we travel, G Adventures worked to create global good practices guidelines for child welfare. Because kids are kids, no matter where they live, and it is critical that no child is ever harmed as a result of tourism. You, the traveller, have the power to make a true impact in the communities you visit, and that's why we actively work to ensure children are protected in the places we operate. Learn more about this policy and all of our responsible travel initiatives at gadventures.com.au. Hey there, Nathan from Dumbo Feather, joining you for our final podcast of 2019. I hope you are winding down and switching gear into a more relaxed, more reflective and celebratory mode as we transition into a new decade. I want to thank you for your support and participation in our work at Dumbo Feather. As you know, we are really trying to offer something different and restorative in the media landscape shining a light on the incredible work being done and that we can all be doing to bring about a more resilient and compassionate world. We couldn't be doing this if you weren't buying us, partnering with us, engaging with us in whatever way you are. So thank you, and I can't wait to be sharing more of our work with you in 2020. The conversation you're about to hear takes place on Gadigal land with the founder of Yarn Australia, Warren Roberts. Yarn builds relationships between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people by creating intentional spaces for connection and storytelling. Warren, who is a proud Thangari and Bunjalong man, started this organisation in 2007, running circles and workshops for schools, university groups, businesses and communities around Australia. He's chatting here with filmmaker and storyteller Anton Rivett, who's been working with Warren for the past few years. Did you come into creating yarn with a specific intentionality? Did you want to create an organisation or was it just something that kind of flowed and started developing of its own accord? It came about, um, I think, through my own um, way of looking at the world. Um, You know, just listening to my elders and listening to their wisdom and uh, how they've, you know, how they look at the world and how they engage with community and with family and the things that they're passionate about Um, and me having relationship with them, them able to share some of that with me and then me going to going off to uni, off the school and off to other places. You know, I was at the University of New South Wales and sitting in a room with a number of other students and them, you know, doing an Aboriginal course, learning about Aboriginal history and culture and things like that. Um, in me, in my spirit, I wanted to ask the question, you know, is it more than just 
learning about Aboriginal people um, in a book or at a distance or are they passionate about actually doing it? And so I asked that question of the group and I said, well, why don't we catch up afterwards and have a yarn about it and see if we can, you know, get on with making change. And then from there, you know, it just, just follows me around, you know. So I finished uni um, and just started working in the community and we started doing community events. Um, you know, yarn at that particular time you know, when we all got together at a coffee, it's just a group of people at that time just to ask questions and, you know, uh, share with each other around the history of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Um, but when I left university and uh, and went out outside the university networks, because it went across a number of universities across the east coast of Australia, we started doing community events and when we do these community events it's the same intentionality but it's a little bit different we it's now creating a space where first nation voices are heard uh, where people share their stories through any medium that they they like uh, music dance art spoken word um, telling the yarn telling a story um, sharing their food you know, just being with each other. Um, we also, non-Aboriginal folk, then come and share their songs and stories as well through spoken word. With no, you know, it's, it's not about an agenda. It's not about a theme either. It's about the intentionality of you sitting in a space and just sharing stories and just sharing with one another and being with one another. Um, to build uh, an intentional relationship around a cultural practice of just listening, understanding, no judgment, um, and just starting there from from that simple base, or that in, that in, intentionality of just building connection. And so, in that space of building connection. What do you feel the role of storytelling is? The role of storytelling, I believe, is is fundamental in our being as people. Uh, as a culture or as a people of um, being relational people, the way that we build relationships with each other is we share stories. Um, our parents, our grandparents, all the people that reared us up, they all told us stories. Stories about everything. Our food, our community, uh, the elders that come before us, um, the passions and um, the things that they were um, wanting to achieve in life, the things that they wanted to achieve for community. Um, and it all comes back down to their willingness to sit down, reflect and share their stories. So last yarn that we had in Melbourne, my housemate who I've been telling for a long time, you know, I'd want you to come down, 
he walked up to me and he had this look in his eye and he just smiled and gave me a hug and said thank you for you know you know inviting me into this space and it's that feeling of a yarn that makes it quite unique and quite special and I appreciate that there is a unspoken quality to that but considering we're doing this a podcast I wondered in some way could you talk to or talk around that feeling well the way I express it is and I keep telling a whole bunch of different folk and you know a lot of our yarn uh, volunteers and the people that's involved with yarn struggle to explain to people about what yarn is you know and the reason is is because yarn is not an intellectual idea yarn is a feeling it's a it's a experience and um, and that's why in everything that we do as um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait people and First Nation people, it's about that relationship, you know, respect to place, respect to the environment, respect to country, respect the elders, respect... And we only can do that is if we practice that. And that sacredness of that pulls up a whole bunch of responsibility that we have to... Um, practice and it's not we have to but it's part of who we are as people so when you come along to the yarn you get an understanding of what that's about and before we go into certain yarns or you know we're talking academics and a whole bunch of different folk I said look this is not a place where you've got to think where you've got to analyse where you've got to kind of try and figure out what we're trying to do this is a, pl- a place to sit, relax, listen and share. And only in that place is where we can build the intentional, meaningful uh, relationships with each other so that everything else is possible. Because I find that in Australia we tend to do things the other way around. We find a problem, then we have to find a team then we find the budget, then we plan. We're creating all of these things before we actually build the relationship. And if we don't build the relationship first, no matter what we do with that particular issue or problem, um, it sometimes it becomes into the too hard basket is because we focus too much on the problem rather than the relationship. You know, I'm, I'm a non-Indigenous man and a big kind of, I guess, question I ask myself as I keep, continue to live on the country that I live on. So I currently live on Yurundjeri country. You and I currently meet on Gadigal land. Um, and so obviously as a First Nations, sovereign First Nations man of... Dungadi and Bunjalung country, your relationship to this country is specific and holds certain kind of responsibilities. And I wonder, you know, the respect and the practices that me as a non-Indigenous man can show to the different countries that I visit. Um, I wonder if you could speak to that, because I feel like it's a question that a lot of people kind of grapple with, and it's something that often comes up in yarn, but sometimes it's not so direct that we talk about this idea of 
protocol and respect as non-Indigenous people to land and to culture and to people. It comes back to this principle of relationship. You know, we Aboriginal and Torres Strait people of this country have built uh, a deep, uh, significant relationship with our country and with each other. Um, it holds us accountable. So we can't walk across boundaries and do all these different things on other people's country. As flexible as as the the rest of the world see it, you know, we, they see it as a global place and people can walk from here to there and everything's all good. Whereas as a Dungari Bunjalung man on Gadigal country, I have a far greater responsibility here because I'm not aware of what are those cultural practices. So I have to tread lightly. I have to uh, build relationships with the local community. Um, it requires me to have all those practices that my elders practice of, of slowing it down, you know, not having a quick answer for everything, uh, listening, understanding, sharing, you know, because when you share whatever you, who you are, where you're from and all of that, that will, uh, that will um, dictate your responsibility um, to this place. And, and what that responsibility looks like. But you can't do that unless, you're, unless you practice that, real, that rea- relationality I'm talking about. You know, it's a human race thing. It's, a, it's who you are and what you're all about. You know, we can't live without country and country, you know, looks after us. So I cannot not be relational, you know, and I cannot not be um, open and patient to a practice of relationship building. Um, um, You know, for for those listening to this and don't know who I am, I'm a storyteller as well. and I specifically use that term storytelling because rather than say like I'm a writer or a screenwriter or a theatre maker, because for me, story is the form that I like to engage with. And when I often talk within arts communities in the city, uh, I often get into these conversations that story is like this function of the brain. Um, it's this... I don't know, tool that the brain uses to kind of thread moments together. But the more I engage with storytelling, with the older forms of storytelling on this land, coming from First Nations people, I feel like storytelling is much bigger than that. It's, a, it's not just something in the brain, it's something that goes beyond that. And I wondered if you can speak to that idea of storytelling as as a function or as a form in and of itself? I just think that um, we don't have to make it so complicated. 
You know, people go, oh, what do you have to do? Do you have to have a circle? Do you have to have a, I don't know, windows open, windows not, blinds down, blinds up? I don't think we have to make it as complicated. Um, you know, the, the, the simpler it is, the better, you know? The, I like to look at it as the more unplanned you are, the better the outcome. Because if you make it so formal, people get nervous, you know. Um, people go, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. And it's like they got to prepare something. And um, this is not something, storytelling is, is not something you prepare. Storytelling is free-flowing. You know, your story is free-flowing. And that's not a forced yarn, you know. Um, and I talked to Australians and I said, how long does it take for you to talk to your mate, you know, as you go up the elevator or on your way to work about the football school on the weekend? And they say, oh, you know, minutes. And I said, because we know that content really well. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be, you know, you talking to your mate about the football it's a natural thing. Hey, I'm passionate about football. I know you're a mad South Sydney Rabbitohs fan like me, so let's start talking about that. Whatever people share is, you know, you get a bless. You get blessed from it. You get a blessing. So if I if I come up with a whole billion, a whole bunch of professional questions to ask, you go, oh, I've got to research that one. I'm going to ask someone about that because I don't know where to start. And I said, if you got to do that then this is not a story, you know. And so that's why a lot of my questions, when I sit down and talk with people, I ask open-ended questions, you know. Because we should already know those answers. We already know those things. And even if we don't know those things, the answer to those questions can be anything. Because they're open-ended. It's not being specific, you know. And, you know, like the question I ask people is, uh, why is storytelling important? You know, I'm not asking which story, I'm just saying, why is the practice of storytelling important? Um, a broader question is, what is the, what? It, how do I know if I belong? We talk about belonging, what does that mean? You know? Um, another question I asked is, is it's almost like three or four question in one. It is, are we there yet? If not, how far have we come and what's next? Now someone could say, well, what are you talking about? And I said, that's up to your interpretation. You know, because it's about creating a space where whatever you want to share, this is a platform to share it. You know, no judgment, not here to criticize what you're going to say. We're just here listening and we're open. We've got our heart on our chest and we just want to hear what you have to say. Not because we have to do something about it. You know, this is not about reaction. This is, oh, I heard this story and I'm going to react this way. No, no, just listen. People go, oh, what am I going to do after this yarn one? Can I do something? I said, you've already done it. You know. We had an older lady come up to us and go, you know what, I can't wait to that future till we get to that point where, you know, everyone's equal and everyone, you know, one day we're going to get there. And I said, why wait 
to one day. We've already done it tonight. You know, people come up and th- thank me after the yarn and go, thank you for this. I said, no, it's not possible if you wasn't here. You know, I always say that you know this is not about getting to a destination. This is about just taking things slow and see what happens. You know, and let the you know let let whatever happens happen. You know, and that's you know that's the way that our mob look at the, look at the world, look at the environment. You know, however things change, we'll just evolve as we go along. You know, we're not stagnant, we're not sitting in one spot. We're in relationship with our community and our environment. And if the if things are changing, if the environment is changing, well, we just adapt to that. You know, and we, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait people, we're re- resilient people. We've got, a, we've got the best sense of humour, if you really get to know us. And, um, you know, once you get to build that relationship with us, we we realise that, you know, Australia could be such a rich place is if we build that relationship with each other as First Nations. You'll get to hear those stories of our country, hear the stories of your country where you live in that you would never think to know about. You know, trust is a big big thing and the only way that you earn that trust is if you create that intentionality of creating a space where you can build relationships with one another this kind of concept of listening that you touch on and deep listening do you want to speak to that and what you sometimes feel is the barrier towards doing that both within yourself but also as part of a group and a relationship I think the way I look at it is, you know, don't be so quick to judge people or react to a certain situation. Don't feel like there's a need for you to do anything. You know, just sit with it. Um, half the people out there got no one uh, to just to be heard. You know, just the practice of just listening to someone, allowing them to be heard. You know, and to practice deep listening, have no agenda. Just see what happens. I guess in that moment just now, I'm I'm, I'm trying to think in and and feel into that. All right, I've got a question. Are we there yet? If not, where are we? And What's the next part? How far have we come? How, how far have we come? And what's next? And what's next? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The way I'd answer that question is just to continue what I'm doing. Um, to continue to build relationships with um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait communities and non-Aboriginal folk continue to listen to them, create a space where I can understand what their gift and talent is and make my vision big enough uh, so that so that they can be a part of what I'm about. And um, 
and not so much worry about the future but just continue to do it every day make it your make it our practice as Australians that this is just what we do as as a people and um, if we do that anything's possible all these particular things that we want to achieve in this country you know and uh, the more that Yarn Australia starts doing things uh, that's not necessarily um, supposed to happen then just do it like we've done a whole bunch of different things they're like what you have an event there why that well why not you know just could forever just continue to do things you know uh, differently you know people are too busy uh, if people are too busy analyzing what I'm trying to do they're not going to get it because it's not an analyzing practice it's just do it because it makes sense and uh, continue the practice of relation building relationships and relationality and intentionality around why we want to build these relationships you know there's the first thing that I asked people I said well that's great that you want to do that program or you want to do that particular thing but my biggest question for you is what's the intention what's the intention for you individually what's the intention for your organization what's the intention more broadly as a community and then as a as an Australian society then that when you share that information with me it allows me to understand um, how we can build relationships. Um, but if you're someone that wants to reach out and go, you know what, I've, I've never thought of wanting to uh, build a deeper relationship with First Peoples of Australia, um, but you know you've got a particular gift and talent that you're passionate about, and you'd like to collaborate with us and we can walk together and see what happens. Um, but it, that is only possible if we're willing. Thanks Warren and Anton and thank you for tuning in. If you're after more great content like this, do subscribe to Dumbo Feather magazine by going to dumbofeather.com forward slash subscribe. We deliver worldwide. Big thanks to Lizzie Martin for editing this podcast. Dennis Liu is the man behind the music. Dumbo Feather is produced on the lands of the Yalakut Willem clan of the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nations. I acknowledge the wisdom and custodianship of elders past, present and emerging. (laughs) 